Okay, so next up, our last guest of the evening is Kevin Allison. You probably know him from the state, legendary, legendary. Uh, he's also been in uh, Reno 911, he was in The Ten, Flight of the Concord, Stella. Um, he is the creator and the producer and the host of Risk Storytelling and Podcast. And he founded um, Story Studio, which is a storytelling school here in New York City. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Kevin Allison. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, this is going to be a story about the oldest profession. Uh, but it's, it's lighthearted. Uh, my, uh, my show, Risk, the whole idea is that people dare to share stories that they never thought they'd be telling in public. Um, and this was one of the first ones I ever put together for it. Um, very shortly after my comedy group, The State, uh, made our pilot for MTV, I thought I was going to be homeless. Because the network had this um, very, they had a great talent for leaving people hanging. For months on end, we were just not quite sure if we were going to be employed or have any money coming in at all. And I was 23 and I just wasn't good at anything. Um, I didn't know how to make money. I, I, I was good at sketch comedy, so if you needed to, someone to pretend that they had pooped their pants, or walk into a glass door, or slip on a pile of fish, I was your guy. But other than that, all I could think to do was kind of walk around the streets looking for change on, on the sidewalk. Well, my roommate at the time, his name was Ray, and he was kind of a big influence on me. Um, we were two gay guys in our early 20s, and so we were just having a grand old time trying to have as much sex as we possibly could. <laughs> but Ray was a little bit different than me in that he was cool. Um, <laughs> He was kind of a wheeler dealer. You know, he looked like a Cub Scout, but he always had something up his sleeve, and he was really not very happy with the fact that it looked like I was not going to be able to pay the rent this particular month. <laughs> so he sat me down and had this very charming conversation with me where he said, Kevin, a lot of people don't know it, but prostitution can be fun. <laughs> Now, other friends might suggest you take out a loan. <laughs> or maybe even temping. But Ray had this genuine twinkle in his eye as he's telling me this. Now, it kind of helped that he happened to love sleeping with older men. So I didn't know that he had experience with these sort of things, but he went on, he said, you've just gotta remember the seven laws of successful whoring. 
Well, now I'm getting a little bit nervous. I'm like, he's got this really figured out? I mean, it, it, he's sounding like a, a, uh, a life coach for the downwardly mobile at this point. But I have to admit, the seven laws, they sounded adorable. The ones I remember, one was Sweetie Phone Home. Now that's clever, because it's a play on a line from E.T., right? And it's also advice on how to avoid being raped. <laughs> then there was Money Before Honey. Uh, that's transactional advice there. And it sounds, you know, like good sound advice. Sounds kind of like it came out of a Donna Summer song. Uh, and the last one I remember was, uh, oh, hard to get an easy bet. Now, that sounds downright classy, right? Uh, that sounds like that's probably the controlling idea of everything Jane Austen ever wrote. <laughs> also, if you are, if you've ever heard my podcast, you probably already know, I do love having sex with strangers. So, and then... Ray pointed out that as long as it's safe sex, what could be wrong? You know, what, 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 ah, how could it not be a blast, right? Um, but the real deal was that I was just tired. I was sick and tired at that point of everyone thinking that I was the good, overly polite Catholic boy from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I started thinking, yeah, there's something about hustling that's wild. A wild man would do that. Like, like hadn't Kerouac and all those guys done that? Well, this was before Google, so I just decided they had. Now, Rounds was the name of an old hustler bar on the Upper East Side. It's not there anymore. Giuliani got rid of it good and quick. <laughs> there were two kinds of guys that I found there. There were the guys that were my age, and I immediately noticed that they all looked like they had come in on the sex o'clock train from Sexy Town. <laughs> They were, they, and they were really digging their jobs. They were looking good. And then the other half of the room was, well, they were all bankers and they looked like bison. <laughs> so I had not really, like, I hadn't anticipated how stiff my competition was going to be. I had just thought, oh, I'm 23, I'm attractive by default. But no, I mean, these were some smooth players in the room around me. So immediately I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I think I'm out of the league. And then someone grabbed my hand and I reeled around and I said to myself, oh my God, it's Rush Limbaugh. Well, <clears throat> You're not gonna believe this, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't him. But he was just as nice. <laughs> this motherfucker takes my hand and he puts it up into the light and he shows it to this other old man who's with him and he says, ah, see that hair on the back of the hand? That means there's hair on his ass also. 
And they let my hand drop and they saunter off. <laughs> like they're looking at cuts of meat at the butcher. Well, I was like, okay, I, uh, yes, I, this is not my deal. I, I, mu I must leave immediately. Um, I'm done. I'm finished. I was not up for this. So I'm heading out the door, actually. And then I notice there's this kind of tall, dark, and handsome uh, yuppie, right? A guy who's in his, like, mid-40s. So he's a good deal younger than most of the Johns there. And he's staring right at me. And he, he won't, you know put his eyes away from me. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I guess here's an opportunity. So I said, oh, all right, Kevin, be a smooth operator. <laughs> Just as I notice that I'm spilling my beer down my shirt. So he comes over to me and he said, uh, what are you, brand new? <laughs> like he was putting me down. And instantly, I got this guy figured out. He was maybe not so much an arrogant prick, but someone who's trying to be an arrogant prick. Someone who wants to be kind of like Steve Martin in movies in the 70s, you know? <laughs> trying to be slick, but clearly he's just the jerk, right? So he said his name was Nick, and he said, Look, uh, I'm not going to waste your time. Uh, I'm on a budget, kind of uh, strapped for time here. Uh, he said, let's get a, a cab to my place and have a half session for 75. And he starts ushering me out. And now, nowhere in Ray's Seven Laws was there any mention of half sessions. <laughs> and 75 seemed too low for anything as far as I was concerned. Was I going to have to come back to this bar nine times tonight? <laughs> so I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. But before I know what's going on, he is pushing me out of the bar and getting a cab. Well, I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 wait. Sweetie, phone home, sweetie, phone home. That was the rule where I'm supposed to go to the payphone inside the bar to call my friend Ray to let him know the address where we'll be going. That was the rule, in other words, that's, you know, in case of rape. <laughs> but we're already in the car, so no more sweetie, phone home. Uh, so the next thing that's happening is that he's, he's taking my belt off of my pants. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I haven't even gotten my, my seatbelt on yet. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, wait, hold on. Well, what about the terms? And he looked at me blankly and he said, terms? And I said, well, you know, like the terms of the transaction and whatnot. I was not doing a good job with the seven laws at all. And he said, look, you're supposed to act like you like this. Now get your dick out. <laughs> and he starts yanking my pants down in the cab. So, so much for money before honey, right? Donna Summer would be livid at this point. <laughs> And the cab driver is no help. He's like this, this old Indian guy who looks like eternally bored with everything. He's like looking in the rearview mirror like, oh, yeah, now the de starts. 
And Nick is trying to get his head down in my crotch, but now his seatbelt is getting in his way, and we're going over these potholes, so he's kind of bobbing for apples, and now I'm kind of getting stuck in his seatbelt, and I'm saying, not in the car, sir. And he says, not in the car, sir. He's mocking me like a seven-year-old girl. And we begin shoving each other back and forth. We're like Laurel and Hardy. Only with Hardy saying, shut up and put your dick in my mouth. And the driver looks like he's thinking, yeah, the old shut up and put your dick in my mouth exchange. Well, we couldn't even finish our sentences. It was like, shut up, you fuck, you what, you asshole. Where had the romance gone? And then, like Dorothy, I was suddenly home. I noticed that, whoa, we're in the village again. I, I, I just yelled to the driver, 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 stop. And he stops right away. And I yank up my pants. And Nick acts like he's baffled. He's like, what are you thinking? And I was like, oh, yeah. Where is my sense of decorum at this point? <laughs> but I jump out of the car, and now I felt powerful. Now I wanted to embarrass this guy, right? So I took a moment, got my bearing, and I just yelled at him. I said, you want to suck my cock? You can pay for it first. And I slammed the door. It was then that I realized... I hadn't really embarrassed Nick. Because he was in a car zooming away. And I had a crowd of about two dozen people watching me on Sixth Avenue. So this overly polite Catholic boy from Ohio was now sounding like a tranny crack hoe. Well, the next morning, I told Ray, look, I do not have the money for the rent. And he said, oh, well, there's a message on the answering machine. The state had been picked up for series. And I realized that the thing, Nick had been right. I was supposed to be acting like I liked it. But I realized that it was kind of like the two of us were cons, conning cons. And uh, I'm just not cool like that. So a couple weeks later, I was working with my friends, uh, creating the comedy show, and I didn't have to act like I liked that. Um, I was creating my own kind of cool, and that's the kind where you act like you just pooped your pants. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hi, this is Blaze Allison Kearsley, creator, producer, and host of the How I Learn series. I hope you enjoyed that story from Kevin Allison. It was recorded in April of 2012, live at Happy Ending Lounge on the Lower East Side. And the theme of the night was How I Learned It's a Living, stories from the underemployed, the unemployed, and the working stiffs. So you can check out the website at howilearnseries.com for more information and more podcasts. And that's it for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>